This Week in Agriculture, production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets put in a two-sided, almost a quiet-type trading week uh, in a shortened week with a Monday holiday for Labor Day. Grain markets ended mixed to lower. Uh, the money farm owner, Allison Thompson, thinks the market is waiting for next Tuesday's supply-demand report for direction. Um, we're still kind of in no man's land, not doing a whole lot of breaking resistance or testing support here ahead of next week's USDA report. I think a lot's going to be weighing on that. Outside markets were also to blame today uh, for some of the mixed trade across our greens. Uh, China came in overnight and did announce a possible ban on some technology things. Um, not necessarily tied to greens, but again, um, any kind of trade tension does obviously lead to some speculation that greens could get involved in anything like that. And Thompson will join the Red River Farm Network at the Market Outlook Seminar next Thursday, 1.30 p.m. at the Big Iron Farm Show. West Central Ag Services grain merchandiser Randy Zimmerman expects fall grain lows to be put in fairly soon. I was thinking maybe with even with today's upside that we might be heading to some harvest lows here in the near future. Um, maybe find a bottom somewhere. I still think we got a lot of question marks on yield, what's out there on corn and beans. Um, so that might be the big determining factor on where we head from here, I guess. And Zimmerman, also one of the uh, panelists in next Thursday's Grain Market Outlook Seminar at Big Iron. Total Farm Marketing market analyst Brian Doherty says this grain market has been seeing a sideways trading pattern. We think farmers selling in corn is pretty light to begin with, and on the charts the market's somewhat uh, at a time of year where where it's not unusual for more of a sideways-type trade as, as what I'm going to call the market carving out a low, but it's a, it's a small trading range today, about a nickel in corn. Um, the general thought is that the corn yield might have been affected some from the weather this last week, so that's a supportive factor, but a higher U.S. dollar continues to be a headwind. And Doherty will be one of our market panelists Wednesday afternoon at the Big Iron Farm Show. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoops says the grain market seems to be really in no hurry to move either direction ahead of next Tuesday's supply-demand report. Very, very thin type of market. Um, very little news. You know, you, really the only thing that market's looking at, you saw exports out this morning, you know, new crop sales are still well below last year's pace, even though we saw an improvement over the last several weeks with the sales of soybeans to unknown destinations in China. We're still trailing last year's pace by a long, long ways. And that's true for corn and for soybeans and, and wheat as well. So it's hard to really get excited about the demand side of things right now. And then when you, you factor in the um, fact that we're right close to harvest, harvest beginning in a lot of areas, in fact, it's hard to build a real bullish case for any of these markets until we get more harvest data. And the cash cattle trade weighing on those cattle futures. We've had a big rally in the futures last couple of days anticipating stronger cash trade. And so far we've seen just steady, and that has pulled us off of our highs. We've also seen you know, a holiday short and kill week this week. Um, usually means that cutout values are steady to higher, but cutouts are starting to weaken. That's, a, I think, a little bit of a concern. So we're at contract highs in many of the deferred contracts, the feeder cattle coming off of those highs. Um, until we see where the cash is going to be, because we've already dialed in a little bit stronger cash trade, I think, this week. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
Marissa Nielsen of Freedom Financial Group with daily presentations in the Red River Farm Network building at Big Iron. Well, we're really excited to be back at Big Iron um, for, for the purpose of succession and legacy strategies and tax strategies. These are, these are four core components of every, every, every farm ranch business that we work with. Join Marissa and the Freedom Financial Group for this forum Tuesday and Wednesday, 3.30, Thursday at 2.30, while attending the Big Iron Farm Show. The Big Iron Farm Show, September 12th, 13th, and 14th at the West Fargo Fairgrounds. Join us in the Red River Farm Network building and the East Horse Barn across from the food court. There'll be Market Outlook seminars each day at 1.30. Forums are also planned on farm regulations, fertilizer prices, and the weather. Visit rrfn.com to see the full agenda. The Red River Farm Network Issues Center is sponsored in part by Pioneer, Freedom Financial Group, and the Minnesota Corn Growers Association. We'll see you at Big Iron. A look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The Senate plans to bring the Agriculture Appropriations Bill up for vote next week. It will be part of a package that includes funding bills for the military and veteran affairs. The House is due back in Washington, D.C. next week. The Agriculture Spending Bill has stalled in the House Rules Committee. The CME Group, Purdue University Ag Economy Barometer reading fell 8 points in August to 115. Purdue University Center for Commercial Ag Director Dr. James Mintert says current conditions led the barometer lower. The current condition index fell 13 points compared to last month. That leaves it down about 8% below where it was in July 22. So. I think people felt worse about what's taking place here over the course of the summer. And I think for a lot of people, uh, it was probably related to the fact that we were seeing weaker commodity prices, especially for corn and soybeans, uh, since we did the survey a month earlier, back in the middle of July. And, you know, if you look at elsewhere in our survey, the other concern continues to be people are, are very worried about the fact that we've still got high input cost. So that, that you put those two together, and I think people are starting to worry a little bit about maybe a little bit of a cost price squeeze. The Heartland Greenway Carbon Capture Pipeline Permit by Navigator CO2 was rejected by the South Dakota Public Utilities Commission. The PUC's decision was unanimous. The pipeline was intended to stretch 110 miles across eastern South Dakota. The PUC is set to make a decision regarding Summit Carbon Solutions Pipeline Permit at a hearing on September 11th. The Environmental Protection Agency released their final WOTUS rule. Rinky Noonan law firm attorney Kale Van Bruggen expects to see more changes with ongoing and potential litigation in the future. The last several administrations have attempted to tackle this issue, but none of them successfully without litigation. And so if we look to the past as guidance of what might happen in the future, uh, we could expect out of the litigation some additional rulings from the federal courts on what aspects of the final rule are allowed under the Clean Water Act and, and which ones are not. Um, we might see the rule remanded back to the agency for a redo on certain aspects. So definitely the farming community, the rest of the regulated community will be watching that litigation closely to see what comes next. Van Bergen says it's important to keep in mind that there are other federal and state regulations that do impact water and wetlands. To revive the Black Sea Grain Initiative, the United Nations is trying to improve Russia's ability to export grain and fertilizer. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres says the arrangement has to be mutually beneficial. Russian grain and fertilizer exports 
are not subject to Western sanctions, but Moscow claims barriers are in place. The UN sees the Black Sea grain deal as a way to overcome a global food shortage. U.S. Trade Representative Chief Ag Negotiator Doug McCallop says the dispute between the U.S. and Mexico on biotech corn could affect farmers' productivity. The United States Trade Representative has repeatedly expressed its concerns with Mexico over its approach on biotechnology products, specifically grain and corn. Mexico has been a very important trading partner for us and a very successful trading partner for U.S. farmers. But unfortunately, they have put in place presidential decrees that have uh, singled out biotechnology and really set up a situation that threatens to disrupt trade between our countries, could potentially harm U.S. farmers and stifle innovation at a time when we all need to be seeking solutions to climate change and to productivity challenges. This has been a look at news this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Ag Week brings you timely agriculture news from across the region through digital, television, and print. Sign up for your chance to win an icy breeze cooler at the Ag Week booth located in the Expo Center at Big Iron. Visit with Ag Week journalists, renew your subscription, or check out show deals on new subscriptions. Subscribers and viewers can enjoy cookies at the booth. Follow all of Ag Week's coverage from Big Iron by visiting agweek.com, reading Ag Week magazine, or watching Ag Week TV. Listen to The Dry Bean Scene every Friday on the Red River Farm Network. Brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, Baristo Herbicide from BASF, SRS Commodities, and Heads Up Plant Protectants. We'll track this year's crop potential across the country and get industry perspectives on possible market impacts. It's The Dry Bean Scene every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey will be on stage at the Big Iron Farm Show next Thursday at 10.30. We'll talk about drought, floods, El Nino, La Nina, and get Rippey's winter outlook. And one of the things I've picked up in my time at USDA, and it's going on 24 years, is the U.S. Drought Monitor, a product that I helped develop back in the late 1990s. I've been on as a rotating author ever since. We've got 10 lead authors and I continue to rotate through. So yeah, drought monitor has been a big part of my USDA career looking at the impacts of drought. Certainly we've seen some big ones in the Red River Valley 2017-2021 being the two most recent to go along with all the floods over the years. So yeah, there's never a dull moment with USDA and ag weather. D2 and D3 drought conditions expanded across Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and Missouri. The eastern half of the Midwest is in better shape, but areas of abnormal dryness expanded somewhat. Nearly two-thirds of Minnesota's pasture and rangeland is in poor to very poor conditions. Northern Plains drought is limited to the far northern and eastern portions of North Dakota and eastern South Dakota. For the first time this season, D4, or exceptional drought, is being reported in Minnesota. Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson is disappointed to see the expansion of the drought. You know, even in 2021, we really didn't have a lot of D4, about 10%, but to see the D4 starting to expand in Minnesota and southeast Minnesota, and then really in our cattle country in that Cass County central area, you know, and that's what's tough. You look at the crop progress report in Minnesota, 63% of the pastures are very poor to poor, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough fall for uh, some of our folks. 
Farmers in the drought areas are advised to report their j- damages. As we you know, look at the potentials of having a disaster program uh, and then also being able to use those programs with the local FSA office or being eligible for our state uh, resources, we have loans available to buy feed, uh, things like that. And so just uh, fingers crossed we get some rain at some point. Current water levels on the Mississippi River are cause for concern once again this year. As harvest gets underway, shipping becomes crucial. Barge companies have announced restrictions on the volume of freight they will load onto vessels. Soy Transportation Coalition Executive Director Mike Steenhook says it's an unfortunate repeat of 2022. A movie sequel that we did not want to have to watch this year. You know, we had historically low water levels in 2022, which had a... a a real detrimental impact on barge transportation. Unfortunately, we're, we're witnessing that again this year. 80% of soybean exports occur between the months of September and February. We really do need our supply chain to be operating on all cylinders. And unfortunately, uh, the Mississippi River is experiencing low water conditions. Uh, once again, when you, when you look at water levels at various spots along the river, they are actually lower. Uh, this time of the year versus the same period last year. NDSU Extension small grain and corn agronomist Claire Keene says the corn crop is all over the board depending on where the rain cloud landed. I think high variability is the name of the game. There are some good-looking cornfields out there. There are also some very poor-looking cornfields in the state. There are some fields, um, say, in the same section uh, where if half the section looks okay, and, and I would consider most things the okay here is good, fair to good. Um, I think we lost a lot of our top yield potential. I don't expect there to be a lot of over 200 bushel uh, corn in North Dakota this year. I think there will be some, uh, but I think our highest producing corn areas uh, were also some of our driest. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. North Dakota Farmers Union. North Dakota Farmers Union makes family farming and ranching their business. While you're working hard to bring in the harvest or care for your livestock, Farmers Union is working just as hard to secure a new farm bill, one with a stronger safety net, disaster programs that work when you need them most, and markets that are fair for farmers, ranchers, and consumers. Farmers Union is the organization led by and for family farmers and ranchers. If you aren't already a member, join up at ndfu.org. The Big Iron Farm Show, September 12th, 13th, and 14th. Join the Red River Farm Network on the west side of the grounds, across from the food court. We'll have daily market outlook seminar starting at 1.30. Panelists include Tommy Grisafi, Jerry Golke, Brian Dougherty, Betsy Jensen, Randy Martinson, and more. The Red River Farm Network forums at Big Iron, sponsored in part by Pioneer, a country farm credit services, and Farmers National Company. We'll see you at Big Iron.